week two back from my hibernation. Ready to talk about some sports, ready to talk some shit and crack some jokes and have a good old time. But uh, before we even get started, uh, let me roll into my co-host, Ace and uh, Big Al. What's going on, fellas? What up? We back after a hiatus two two weeks in a row. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. We coming to bring that heat. Nobody want that smoke. Mm. I'm just I'm just doing good, man. Just ready to get started. <laughs> we hydrated. Uh, yeah. Definitely hydrated. Water. Yes, definitely. Yes, we'll save the vino for another night. <laughs> well, well, fellas, let's hop right into it. There's been a lot of stuff going on. Obviously. Uh, there's been the Super Bowl where the Rams are crowned champions, a good halftime show. Um, there's always some updates with the um, coaching hiring the NFL and a little controversy and a figure skating in the Olympics. But let's get right to it. Uh, Super Bowl was uh, February 13th in which the Los Angeles Rams um, beat the Cincinnati Bengals. And we did make our prediction. Both Ace and Al picked the Rams. I picked the Bengals thinking they were going to, you know, do an upset, um, but it just wasn't their time. Um, Cooper Cup was named the MVP, and Los Angeles Rams just had their um, their ticket tape parade where we saw Aaron Donald walk around shirtless for most of the parade. Um, so, fellas, um, what are your quick thoughts on the, on the um, Super Bowl and um, the halftime show, which was pretty goddamn good, too? Yeah, the halftime show was uh, that was lit. I ain't gonna lie. I I think the halftime show could have went on for another three hours, and we wouldn't even have scratched the surface about all the goodness that they had. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> um, star-studded event. The game was the game was excellent. Actually, it was better than I what I anticipated it was going to be. Um, but the better team prevailed, and like I said. You know, everybody was hating on OBJ because they didn't want him to get a ring. But I was just like, you know what? You know, Stafford been through a lot. Let him get his ring. You know, Aaron Donald, he's been a beast for eight years in the league. Let him get his. If OBJ gets his, so be it. But you know what? It was just, I just think it was LA's time. Uh, Cincinnati, they'll have many an opportunity to get back. They're young. They have some time. They they peaked. Way too early, but I think as they get better and they gel some more, they'll have their time in the, their time in the sun. So overall, it was a great game, but one of the better Super Bowls that I can remember, to be honest. And uh, halftime show, I don't know, probably one of the probably in my top two, hands down. Um, I'm in agreement in regards to the game. Uh, I really agree with you about the the fact that the game was definitely more intrigued. Um, it was a lot of close calls there, um, but I agreed um, the better team did win um, at this stage. Um, kind of wanted to see them win um, in a way. Uh, to be honest, it wouldn't have been a surprise who, which, which team won because at the end of the day, they it game a lot closer than what it really should have went. Um, but I think overall the game, the Super Bowl was, was great. I thought the halftime show um, – Definitely was very entertaining. You know it's entertaining when you see LeBron dancing in the stands, you know, throughout that whole ordeal. Um, but it, it was, I, I thought overall, this was a, a great 
entertainment. Um, a lot of people, I'm pretty sure, watched it. Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people had their own takeaways from it. But I think overall, this was a good Super Bowl. Um, one of the most memorable Super Bowls. I have to agree with Ace in a long time. Yeah, I'm right there with all you guys. I mean, good Super Bowl, better than it was last year. Um, much more competitive than last year. And for the most part, up until, you know, tail end, the refs kept the um, the refs kept the flags in their pockets. Um, I know everyone is talking about that. You know that one, you know, pass interference call it was a little suspect down at the at the goal line. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. You know, it was one of those phantom you know pass interference calls. But the heck of it wasn't a offensive pass interference by uh, by uh, by TJ when he basically yanked um, Jalen Ramsey's head. He fell and he had a clear touchdown um, catch. So. Um, I guess, you know, if the football guys give it, then the football guys take it. So, but the one, my one takeaway from this whole thing is that the Cincinnati Bengals better get, um, better get Joe Burrow some goddamn protection. Um, I mean, he was very fortunate, and not what you ways. I think they might have picked a little bit too early, but he was very fortunate that the Tennessee Titans um, had the quarterback that they had when he got sacked seven times because you put anybody else in there, um, it was 10. No, nine times. Whoa, okay. It was nine times. All right. But um, they had Ryan Tannehill. Um, you put some other quarterbacks behind, you know, behind that line, they wouldn't have made it past that game. Uh, exactly. And yeah. we saw what happened when the Los Angeles Rams went, in, went to halftime. Aaron Donald got pissed off. They dialed up that heat. And after that, <laughs> that boy was on his back. And I thought they might have, you know, tapped his knee at one point. When he was on the ground clutching his knee and, and hollering, I thought that was it. But, you know, give it to Joe Burrow. He's a trooper. But they don't get that boy some protection, Ace. He ain't going to be back. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you know, they always say that uh, a championship team has the, has a damn good offensive line. True. I mean, his line is all right. But when they get pressure and gets a, a high-quality defensive line, they ain't holding on. So Tennessee – LA, you know, they were able to uh, penetrate that old line, but uh, Burrow, Burrow's a trooper. You know what I'm saying? He came out. You know, I think that uh, that outfit doomed him, though. You know that the outfit he rolled up into the Super Bowl was just. Uh, he just thought he was too cool with that uh, that tight ass suit and that big ass hat. Oh, I, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh wow! If now, mind you, if Cam had wore that same suit. You you would have done seen it, but because yeah. it was him, they mentioned it, but it wasn't no big thing. But that's something that Cam would have worn week three of 2019, and we all have just been like, "Well, damn, Cam, all right, whatever," and then kept it moving. But There's a know, lot of things Joe Burrow does that other QBs of a certain persuasion, like Cam Newton with the cigar and the chain and the up. Uh, it's different, a different story for a different day, but he's getting away with a lot of things that other quarterbacks would not be able to get away with. Exactly, exactly. But you need to go back and find that suit. That thing was tight. <laughs> that was a tight ass suit, son. Tight. <laughs> no, nah, but overall, the, the swag was there. The confidence is there. And to be honest, I can't knock that from him. I mean, he does have that confidence in saying, you know, I'm, I'm here to compete with the best. And Truth be told, he was a game away from doing it. 
Like if he had, like you said, if the offensive line was there to protect them, we could be seeing something completely different. And we have to give credit where credit is due. He did what he needed to do to get him to that position where they were. Um, so you can't knock that. Um, I know a lot of conversation was more about um, was rooting for the Rams to win and more so Eli Apple to to fail. Um, but I digress. I think overall Cincinnati as a whole, um, we just know where, how to get there. And I, to be honest, I hope that they put their whole offseason on to improving the offensive line because that's the only way that it's going to get them a chance to get back into the Super Bowl. Oh, you just you just had to go mention Eli Apple, huh? I, this New York fan base over here is kind of like, you know, so I know you best believe that there is <laughs> about that. So, yes. Well, he I was dumb. Know. He was dumb for putting up that bulletproof, you know, that bulletin board material before the game. Like, well, I'm going to take your best player. You see how that happened. He wasn't on OBJ when he scored that touchdown, but he damn sure was on Cooper Cup. <laughs> how you going to let one – and that's the thing with, with the Cincinnati Bengals, man. I mean, I give them credit. Their front four was basically shut down the Rams' running game. It was it was non-existent. Correct. But damn, if you ain't let one boy, you know, burn you. <laughs> and, and what's crazy is, is the fact that everybody knew what was going to happen. Like, you can't tell me that you didn't know where the pass was going, where what the actual play was going to be. No matter what, you had to do something to, to do to, 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 to lock down Cooper Cup and, no, like, double, triple coverage at that. Nobody didn't even do that. That's what's amazing about this. It wasn't like this was just a shot in the dark. It's like everybody, everybody knew the play. Everybody knew who the ball was going to, but yet they couldn't stop it. <clears throat> Did you see towards the end of the game that low, that no look pass that uh that Stafford had to cut at towards the end of the game, and they did slow mo. I didn't see it live, but I saw, but I saw the replay of it like like a, like a day or two later. But did you see it in the slow mo? Oh my god, yo! I'm not saying that Patrick uh, Mahomes don't do stuff like that, but that joint was ridiculous because it was it was so crazy that the D line or the linebacker thought that uh, Stafford was going to throw that joint in the in the flat, mm-hmm. and the linebacker jumped on that joint and he just flung that joint right. Oh man, that was, even Mahomes was like, "Yo, that's 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 special." But then you, you, we heard our people's on our uh, first take. Uh, what's my boy? Uh, Stephen A. No, nah, not Stephen A. On first take. Um, I'm sorry, not first take. Uh, the first show. Greenberg. No, uh, Greenberg. Get up. Yeah. Get up. My man, get, the QB guru on Get Up. I can't think of his name right oh, now. Oh, Dan, or Dan Orlowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you talk about. That Stafford did those type of passes in his sleep all day during practice. You know what I'm saying? That was crazy. But that also goes to show you what the right coach can do with the right player, with that player. Like right. this, for him to get to where he is now as a champion, and <clears throat> could be me. 
for him to get to where he was as a champion, um, it's it's crazy. It's it's unbelievable at this stage. Um, when he was with Detroit, you wouldn't even he couldn't even sniff the playoffs. And then one location away, one move away, now look where he's at. It's it's <laughs> remarkable. And to jump on that, you know, Al, you're right. I mean, you know, he's a Detroit Lions organization that had him, that had um, Megatron. True. And Megatron got up out of there and retired early. I mean, just imagine if they was able to put the right pieces around them, the right coaching staff, and him and him and Megatron had an offensive line, a good, a good offensive scheme, you know, defense. Who knows what the Detroit Lions could have done? But like True. you said, he. He goes to he goes to Los Angeles Rams, and for all the picks that they gave away, and they got um and they got um Stafford, it it showed that McVay <laughs> wasn't dumb and crazy, and it was I'm not gonna say it was all Jared Goff, but this proves that it was a lot of Jared Goff, and he said I could win with that guy, I couldn't win with this guy, Switcheroo first year, there it is. But what exactly did Jared Goff do different in his the year that he led him to Super Bowl? It wasn't so much the year that led him to the Super Bowl. It was the fact that he couldn't get back and his play progressed over those years. Right. So, but yeah, to your point, he got him to the Super Bowl. But you could say it was more so the running back that got him to the to the Super Bowl more so than um, Jared Goff. Because once the, I can't think of his name right now. Um, well, he going in at least. Once he <laughs> once he left, you know, or got hurt, and it was just like the Rams' offense just kind of started petering, and Jared Goff, I think, really got exposed. Yeah. So much so that that Detroit is possibly going to take uh, another quarterback with their first their first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a quarterback. I'm like, I don't want to go. <laughs> Like, oh, damn, I'm going to you Detroit. know it, but it, but you know it's bad when Detroit start rooting for the Rams and even making T-shirts calling themselves the Detroit Rams. <laughs> you know, as a Lions, um, like a player, you know that has to like creep into your like into your existence. Like it's got to the point where your whole team, your whole city, is rooting for another team before you. So, like, just put, picture that as a matter of fact. So. Well, that's the trick because we all know New England wasn't rooting for Tom Brady when he went to Tampa. So <laughs> they also put for an epic fail. Yeah. Yeah, without question. <laughs> but um, but but moving off to that, fellas, um, the halftime show. It was West Coast, West Coast down, baby. Uh, what is your top moments of the Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg, uh, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar? And uh, I am missing somebody. Eminem <laughs> halftime show. And you missing somebody else? Yep. That we didn't even know was going to even be there. Fifty <laughs> or a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> he might be a dollar right now, but you know because he eating high off the hog. <laughs> he eating that good fillet. <laughs> not mad. Not mad at all. Not at all. Not at all. I was pleasantly surprised that Fifty showed up. To be honest. Um, I thought they could have went a, a million different ways with a, a special guest. Uh, but it was cool that they kind of kept it in-house with, uh, with Aftermath, Eminem, and bringing in 50. Um, 
I don't know if Kendrick ever worked with, uh, with Dre. I, I'm not too too familiar with his work, but um, uh, he's with Inter Interscope. No, he's with Interscope or Aftermath, one of the two. So he has some yeah. connection with Dre. Yeah, Dre. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not saying the other Super Bowl shows, halftime shows, wasn't great, you know, because they try to put on a pretty good shows. You know, I thought the the show with Bruno Mars was good. I even thought that the show last year that they had with old dude from Canada was pretty damn good, though. Considering, you know, I didn't realize that he had that many that much music in his in his arsenal mm-hmm. uh, when he did his show. But I thought it was pretty cool. But I just thought that just the the idea of just bringing in nothing but hip hop and Mary being the 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 queen of hip hop, you know, and really doing R and B, not so much trying to do her little. Uh, her little jingles or her little uh her stuff that she's done with hip hop songs, you know, because real talk, she probably could have brought out meth and did all I need. And that would have just brought the house down if she'd have brought meth out there and did all, you know, uh or the, I, I can't remember the exact song, but him or her and meth, but I just thought it was an excellent show and it could have been they could have like said the show the game was over, but we're gonna continue this concert right now, right after the game. And I guarantee half the stadium would have just stayed there and watch another concert. That's how nice it was, in my opinion. Um I'm gonna say this. I think in in response overall that the halftime show was more for our generation. Um, which is why it was one of the reasons why it's so successful. And I'm not, not, I mean, it is what it is because truth be told, a lot of people, as much as we liked it, as much as we enjoyed it, there were so many people that were complaining the fact that it wasn't for them. Um, so um, it, 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 you're not going to always get your way, bottom line. Um, at this point, if everybody was feeling it, the stadium seemed like it was rocking. Um, People felt like, you know, overall that it was a great halftime show. So, I mean, it's not going to be an overall success for everybody, but it did what it needs to do. And it, it, it entertained. It entertained the people and everybody that enjoyed it got enjoyed it. Everybody that didn't, it is what it is. You have to wait till next, next year and see what they have. But I think that overall, I think they did an outstanding job. I like the choreography. I like how everything was set up. The cameras was in position. I thought overall, it was like a one big video, uh, music video that had everything it needed. Even with Eminem kneeling, um, I thought was very interesting as well. Um, I think overall, it was a great halftime show. Great halftime show. Um <laughs> everybody calling Mary auntie now, but I thought still, she's still doing her thing. And I'm not knocking that whatsoever. Um, I thought everyone did an outstanding job. Even Fiddy hanging upside down, doing his thing. <laughs> uh, I can't knock that. I was, uh, I was wondering if, uh, if, if Cube was going to come out or uh dog pound was going to come out with Snoop, but I guess they had to keep it, uh, keep, keep it, you know, to a certain, a certain time frame so everybody couldn't do everything. Yeah. Yeah, because you could tell, yeah. like, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, did Eminem say MFR? Because it's almost like the the uh, the broadcast couldn't catch MFR 
at certain points. I thought I thought Eminem said, if, if anybody, I thought they were you know so conscious about if if Dre or Snoop was or Fifty was going to be the one to curse, but it was really more so Eminem came out there when he did his joint, and then it kind of transitioned. I thought he was saying mf -er, and he, he kind of got away with it to a point. Or it's just the way that he might have said it that kind of got away that the, the, the TV didn't kind of cut it off. But what people don't understand is, is that out of all of them, like you would have thought Eminem was going to be that person that was going to... I, I didn't expect anybody <laughs> else at this stage. I thought Eminem was going to like, yo, I don't care at this stage. Um, bottom line. So... He, I mean, like I said before, I think overall the, the show did what it was supposed to do. Kept everybody entertained, kept people dancing um, in their seats. I know people was rocking back and forth, still moving, thinking of days back in, you know, Shadows and Bentley's New York style, even though it was more representing West Coast. But the point of the matter is, is that I think that everyone's completely entertained. So, again, I can't knock it. Can't knock it at all. Yeah, and they didn't do anything to uh, to cause cause it for anybody else for another hip hop uh, a hip hop heavy show to not be able to do a halftime show. So, you know, obviously it's probably going to be as about as white middle of the road as you're going to get for the next couple of you know Super Bowls <laughs> after this one. Um, but at least you know the powers that be in the advertisement and all the FCC, you know, breathed a sigh of relief and. That means you can have another halftime show where it's more hip hop related. Now, which which way to go? I mean, a lot of these young cats, I don't know what they're talking about when they rap, and they, I don't know. But <laughs> going country next time, man. Oh, yeah. that's that's the next way it's going to go. It's going to go country. Where's it? Where's it going to be at? Arizona. Uh, no, Vegas. Probably Vegas. Hmm. I think it's either Vegas or Arizona, one of the two. Well, either way, it's going to go country because that's the that's the only genre that's left that they haven't done. And you got to believe that country is going to probably be the next one up. I thought Jay was. I thought Jay was still running the um, halftime for so, um Yeah, but he, but he can't ignore. Yeah, just like I mean, he said, they they're going to do country. He ain't, he ain't really running the show. He, he, he's, he's, he's like window dressing. <laughs> and they had old girl that saying the uh, the. Uh, the uh national anthem national anthem that was country she and can blow she didn't screw it up did she because i could have sworn in the very beginning she kind of screwed up a little bit no okay right. i didn't even know who she was until they, I, until I they were she talking was. about it yeah, yeah i knew who she was, who she was. Yeah. but that's the next that's the next route because you know they got some huge country country stars out there that could fill up stadium garth brooks and all them jokers that come out there and just put on a show and it's gonna be crazy well, they have a lot of younger country artists out there. Like, in, in I've seen a, I've seen a couple of people, but I can definitely see something like that, like a little a mixture of old and the new, to kind of be able to capture demographic. Because the last couple of ones, I, I could care less about it. Um, I like the weekend's music. I didn't like the weekend's performance last year, but to me, my Best one is probably would still be Prince. Oh yeah, singing in the rain, singing purple rain. <laughs> I mean, Prince is definitely number one, but for number two for me, probably has to be the show right here. You know, I don't know too many people that would 
would sit there and type that other than Prince. Uh, maybe Beyonce. Maybe. Nah. Maybe, maybe Bruno Mars. Just depending because of the energy that it brought, but. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Because some people were saying that Michael Jackson for the longest time was like, you know, that was like the gold standard of of you know of halftime shows. And then, I mean, I saw the I saw the Beyonce one and Bruno Mars getting brought up Beyonce and Coldplay, and you know, mm-hmm. those were those are all good, not great, but they were good. But I like this last one, and that's probably showing our age. <laughs> that's what, and that's what I was saying. I, I think that overall, like our generation, is something that would have been, you know, without question, was I was enjoying the halftime show. Yeah. But but let me ask this: How impressed were you when you saw Drake come out there and really play piano? Like I knew he did you you knew he could play piano? Because I, I, no mean, I knew he created the, the songs, a majority of the songs. Like Dre Day, I knew that he had to play that to get that melody going. So, mm-hmm. and to be honest, if you see the um the um NWA um movie, um anything, I mean that time when he was um with Snoop, he was on the piano. So I kind of figured that he was playing those type of melodies first. Didn't know how to, you know, before actually putting the beats and stuff behind it. So I, 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 I come from a musician standpoint. I, I figured he was very talented on the keys. But it, well, I guess where I'm going with this is that based on how he's portrayed, and tr- trust me, he's no squeaky clean type of cat. Yeah. That you would never guess that he's fluent and knowing how to sit there and actually pull up to a piano and play it based off of everything you may know, negative or positive, about the cat. You know what I'm saying? So that to me was impressive. I mean, <laughs> well. Music is his, his life, man. Yeah. Music is his life. So I, 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 I put it like this. I'd be more impressed if he was fluent in other languages and speaking fluently in other languages <laughs> than playing the keyboard or playing the drums or playing a bass. Like I would not be surprised at that. At right. least coming from me, I should say. Uh, I guess when you're a music producer and you're around a lot of musical cats, you're bound to pick up a couple of things. Hell, I didn't even right. know. Not at the very off topic, but hell, I didn't know Flavor Flavor could play the piano as well as he can, and he can play the piano quite damn well. Mm-hmm. I would never guess that either. So that's me first time he ever hearing that he could play piano. I didn't know it until I saw something with him doing it, and I was like, "Who the hell is that playing?" And they panned the camera and it was Flavor Flavor, damn near classical music. Had me flo- had me floored. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but quick topic change, fellas here. Um, um, all the coaching stuff that's been going on, um, I think now the talk has kind of died down with the Super Bowl kind of pushing the civil lawsuit to Brian Flores kind of in the, I don't want to say the rearview mirror, but it kind of pushed it off to the side for a little bit. Um, we did see some coaches. We did see Lovey Smith get hired. Um, and we did see the, um, the OC, um, in the Saints, um, get put on who is of of mixed heritage where you want to call it um what are your overall thoughts with the blind flores um lawsuit because we didn't get a chance to really touch on that last week and i want to kind of get your guys opinions about that and um where do you see it going forward do you see more of the civil lawsuit case coming uh go ahead al i'll let you go first 
I'm, um, to be honest, I always said this about this whole ordeal. Um, bottom line is, is that there's not going to be, it's, it's going to be difficult when you have the owners running the asylum. Um, when it comes to situations like this. And truth be told, you can't really say anything about it because the owners is going to pick who they want to pick. Um, in this in in this time that we're living in, you would think that there were those type of changes were made. This whole Rooney rules, right, quite frankly, has been a joke um, when you think about it because it hasn't been authentic enough for it to be... Um, in a position, I mean, we shouldn't even be in this position still to this day with the Rooney Rule, bottom line. So I think overall, there's still a lot of work that needs to be improved on um, when it comes to coaching hiring. But it's going to take a while until there's a, a the divisive action, an aggressive approach to doing things. It's not going to change much. And it's quite sad that this is where we are at, at this time frame, at this year. Um, we're still in this position of where we are right now when it comes to um, coaches, African-American coaches or any minority coaches um, being hired in the NFL. Um, I think what's crazy about it is I believe that the owners think that they made a step in the right direction because they added an additional African-American coach, but there's still a long ways to go. Um, wow. Um. I applaud Brian Flores for coming out there and doing what he did. Uh, I will say that Belichick, I don't know if he was doing what he did strategically to kind of put it out there, or if my man just really screwed up and just texted the wrong, the wrong Brian, you know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> either way, it just goes to prove a point that this is what's really going on. And side note, real quick, I wouldn't be surprised now if he now started adding all his last names to all his contacts going forward. You better. <laughs> Sorry. Or you, or you better put Brian White, Brian Black, or whatever the hell you need to do. Or putting pictures to contacts. Exactly. Pictures to contacts, exactly. You need to do something. But, I mean, his screw-up, whether it be intentional or unintentional, pretty much just shed a light on what's – everything that we thought was true. Now, the bigger picture is the whole allegations that Flores said about in Miami and the, t the tanking and the the uh, the butting of heads, mm -hmm. the ownership and the GM. And what's crazy is the GM, from my understanding, was black down in Miami, bumping heads with Brian Flores, and they couldn't see eye to eye. Um, I'm not saying Brian Flores doesn't have another shot in the NFL, but if he's going to, you know, try to keep coaching and, and keep himself sharp, that he's probably looking better to go to the college ranks, uh, more so than keeping hope, you know, hope alive for going to the NFL. Because unless some NFL owner is going to sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to just say the hell with it and just go ahead and just hire the man because I just don't like what's going on. And the only team that can sit there and see that happening is Pittsburgh, and we all know there ain't nothing changing over there. Like, you know, 
he would uh, the coach from Pittsburgh would have to run that joint into the ground, and it'd be horrible for like two or three years before they fire him because that's just because they how they handle their coaching. Like you, you just got to be that straight up bad before they'll fire you. I just don't see Flores getting another shot anywhere, not even as a coordinator. And it's sad, you know, because he's very he's very smart and he was very much up to being a a hell of a hellified NFL coach. And I think he got I think he got the wrong end of the stick being fired when he got fired anyway. But I think they did what they did because it's the button heads and everything else that just came around. And then he just got lucky with Belichick just being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Ace. I mean, the likelihood that he'll get another job in the NFL is is not that good. Um, heck, maybe even college coaching. I mean, depending on who's going to who's going to offer you. I saw Hugh Jackson just got a job, not any one of the Power Five conference, you know, schools, but you may have to go a little bit past that because right now you got a civil lawsuit going on with the NFL. Not only are you know, NFL teams not going to want to touch you. You might be a lot of colleges that's not going to want to even be involved with it as well. I mean, not some of the your major power five conferences. So he might really have to go dig deep <laughs> if he wants to take an offer, if that's the route that he wants to go. But um, but I've, I've always said the problem with the ruining rule is the ruining rule itself, because it, it, it does nothing. All you got to do is just give some sham interviews and then you satisfy, you know, the ruining rule. But it's ownership. Until you get a lot more diverse ownership in the NFL, that's the only way you're gonna you we we should hopefully see some more movement of you know coaches of color getting jobs, you know. But at this particular point, it's outside of two people. I mean, it's just, it's you know ownership is white as snow and um. They're gonna they're gonna do what they're gonna do, you know. Uh, Roger Goodell can't tell them what to do with their money. He works for the owners, and the owners are not going to be told whom they should pick. And right. that's the end of the story. So I mean, you can try to make incentives, you can try to do X, Y, and Z, but if you got to twist somebody's arm to do the right thing, they're they're then it's it's disingenuous and. Uh, you know, I'm happy for Lovey Smith. Um, you know, I'm happy for the guy in um in the, with the Saints. But to me, I look at it with a side eye because if it wasn't for the, the civil lawsuit and it wasn't for that going on, Brian Flores, would the Texans have actually brought in Lovey Smith? Because hell, they were trying to bring in a guy to even coach the NFL, period. It was highly considered to bring him in. And all of a sudden, they, no, 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 no. We were just thinking about it. And they you know, Lovey Smith got the job. Give me a break. <laughs> but is uh is that that same joker gonna be his offensive coordinator? As of right now, I have not heard that, but it would not surprise me. You know, you screw up for one or two years, you go on and he's the coach. <laughs> just that simple. <laughs> just like, like we always true. just like we wanted it. <laughs> exactly. Give you a real short leash. <laughs> but I think the more problematic. Yeah, I think the more problematic with the lawsuit is what you guys said is the um the the allegations of tanking of games and um getting paid to tank games. That's the that's the part that I think is going to be really tricky to get around if that stuff is true. I think it's 
I'm not going to say that every team does it, but I'm pretty sure that some owners are probably saying, you know, we're down to the end of the season. We can increase our draft stock. Maybe we shouldn't play this guy. Maybe we shouldn't play that guy, you know, to cause you to lose more games to get a higher draft pick. I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to be stupid enough to saying, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars for every game that you lose. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, owners over the years have quietly suggested <laughs> to certain coaches to not play certain people to increase the chances that if they lose, they'll get a higher pick. Hey, look at the Jets. They were losing games and then they started winning games and people in, in New York was not happy about that. And that's the fans want you to lose games. <laughs> Still not happy. And what's crazy about it is because <clears throat> how are you going to do that and think that the players of the team is just going to automatically hop on board with the situation? And I think the owners are – I mean, if all this is true, I think the owners was definitely not counting the fact that the players – um. There's, they, they, they needed to win. They want to win. And to do that is very disheartening um, when you're playing for an owner who is, who is wanting you to fail. And I think that's really ideal because not only is your players looking at it, any other player that's on a team that may be a free agent that was probably looking – to come um, to give your team a shot to be a part of that organization. Now, for whatever reason, you just basically lost their interest in that as well. Because if I'm a player, why would I go to your team knowing that you want me to fail? So, but what's crazy is when Hugh Jack, you know, Hugh Jackson just got that job at Grambling, uh -huh. but he may mention that indirectly or not so much to say yeah i got paid for losing but it was brought up that you know we i should get paid for losing and i get paid x amount of dollars for doing so mm -hmm. and one of the mccordy twins actually came out and said well damn it yeah that's true yeah and said that yeah we weren't playing to win you know what i'm saying because they wanted the uh the draft picks so i'm like I think there's some truth behind it. And the only way to figure out that truth is to sit there and look at the contracts that these jokers were given. And if you're supposed to be getting X amount of dollars every week for your, your services, and if you're supposed to get 700,000, well, this whatever number that is, this week, but for whatever reason, you got 750,000 this week, what's that $50,000 for? You trying to tell me, and, and, and if that's a game or a week that they lost, they don't have, but they need a third party to do the, that audit uh, yeah. behind that. So the question is, is that can you trust that that team, some <laughs> auditors, to actually do what's right, or will they get paid the fifty thousand dollars to the same team? The owner come like, let me let me talk to you for a second. Uh, why don't you go ahead and like uh, just ignore that fifty thousand dollars right there? <laughs> auditors like. Yeah, that 50 will go right to you. <laughs> yes, sir. Right here on the table. <laughs> We're at, both will act like it's not there. And I'm going to just go and get up and. <laughs> you just got to be like, 
But that's what, <laughs> but, but truth be told, that's what it is. When you have owners that with the money, and unfortunately, nothing is going to change. Like what's crazy about it is, is that an owner can leave the can put the team up for sale, but yet all the other owners need to vote on the approval of who their next owner is going to be of that particular team. So they're trying to keep everything in that in that in that circle, um, which is unfortunate. I mean because. There's so many opportunities where so many people can eventually, if a team was up for sale, there are so many people out there that has the money, the resources, um, the availability to say, you know what, I'm willing to purchase the team. But yet the owners got to come into an agreement that say, yeah, we'll let you take your ownership of that team when it shouldn't have to be that way. Whoever wants to own up, own, a, own that team should be having the uh, should have it so that they can own that team. That's how I should. That's how I see it. But of course, this is the NFL. Everybody got to stick together, right? And and those owners will stick together. Best believe that. <laughs> but, but did you? Uh, but did you hear about the uh, the gentleman and uh, the African American who's like the richest African American? Wonder if richest African Americans in the country, and he lives in Denver, and they're trying to push him. Become the owner of the uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, yes, yes, I, I did hear that. Um, uh, Roger Goodell um, was trying to, uh, and that's Robert F. Smith. Um, yeah. yeah, was trying to, you know, twist his arm um, to kind of see if he might want to go in and buy the um, the Denver Broncos because you know Roger Goodell knows that the that the um, NFL has an image problem. <laughs> and he's trying to find a quick fix to fix the image problem. Now, whether he believes that more minorities should be allowed to, you know, have ownership in teams, I don't know. But it seems like all of a sudden now, you know, he's trying to, you know, talk to Robert Smith and say, "Hey, you know, you know, Man, maybe look, you want to buy the Broncos." Look, then let Diddy, let Jay, let Dre. Let all of them get together and buy a team. What difference does it make? They may not know nothing about it, but they gotta get this. They gotta get the right people in place. You know, there's no, a difference. They, 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 they want the right person. <laughs> of course, you know, not all money to them is good money, and that's like I said. Those, those owners run that, and they have to, at the end of the day, approve. And they're probably gonna be like, nope. They might got the money collectively. It's just where the money's coming from, and it's if their money is clean. That's a whole whole different story. That's another another topic of discussion. I agree with you in in theory. And yes, if they if they able to have the money in cash and be like, hey, we got it here. You know, what's up? Right. Shouldn't be no problem. It should be no problem. But they'll prefer to go to somebody who they might think is more in their. How should I put this? Nigga, say this. Come on, say it. No, I want to say it's 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 more their level. I'm not trying to say mind, mindset because they have different mindsets, but someone who they think they can be much more comfortable with. Yes, they don't. They don't want the NFL turning into the NBA. Comfort, com, comfortable, comfortability is what is the is the goal here. Um, and smooth is right. 
Like, they don't want it to get offside. I mean, it's hard enough that they're trying to understand the players that's on their team as, as it is. So when you start bringing owners on that same mindset or that same level, they can become uncomfortable. <laughs> but, but, but tell me what owner in the NBA is hip-hop. That's their fear. And I don't think any owner is really is hip-hop. They're just worried about... They're they worried about the perception okay. that that could lead to because the NBA because the, the players run the NBA. I mean, no matter who's on yeah, the right. teams, NFL is don't want that at all. They'll burn yeah. the whole thing down before they before they'll let that happen. But I agree with you. So I'm just saying that just because you let one minority owned hip hop mogul owner come in there doesn't mean that that one voice or that one team is going to sit there and sway. How things are going to be ran in the NFL? So I don't know what their problem is. I don't know what they're afraid of. It only takes one. But it's thirty-two teams, and it takes takes it takes one. And if you let one in, they figure there's going to be a whole bunch of opportunity for others to come in to the point they'll run them out the out off out of the NFL, and they are not trying to even think about that as a scenario. They want to keep what they have right now. That which. As owners, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep and make money, keep and make money, keep their circle of people, how they are connected, networking wise, and make money. As long as they're doing those two things, they don't want to change anything else. The the hell with diversity. The hell with everything else at this point. It's all about what can I do to make that extra buck, make business continue to grow and keep the same circle of friends. They don't need new friends. They got us plenty enough friends as the, as owners as is. I, I, I feel you, but tell me what's different between them owners and what Diddy did with Bad Boy. <laughs> All right, that's another discussion as well, too. That's another discussion and, as well and, and I'm not and I'm not trying to down Diddy at all, but Diddy's a shrewd businessman. He can give two shits about the Bardis as long as his pockets is laced. No, I, it's, the, it's the perception. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I'm waiting. But I get it. I hear it. But I, I hear you. I, I know you don't like it. I don't like yeah. it either. Like it, it's it, the perception. It, it does. I mean, to be honest, if Diddy goes through a whole transformation <laughs> and mm-hmm. act more like the owners do in the NFL, then and that's like five years of of that. But until that happens, they're not going to be like I, I, you. Just I just can't see them. They don't even hang with the players themselves on a regular basis. So I can't see them bringing in, if you try to bring in someone like Diddy into the into the fold, they don't even work, they don't even rock with their NFL players on their team. What makes you think they're going to rock with Diddy and being an owner? <coughs> Dan Snyder. <coughs> well, Dan Snyder may be on his way out, but they might give that, they might <laughs> give that business to Jeff. They might give yeah. that business to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next year, it won't be it won't be whatever stadium is called is going to be called um Amazon X. <laughs> Alexa Stadium. <laughs> Amazon Air. Yeah, there you go. But you know, I, but but I'm with you, Ace. I mean, you know, all things being equal and it was all perfect world, then yes, if Diddy and some, you know, hip hop entrepreneurs, anybody was to get their money all pulled in, yes, they might allow Diddy to get a percentage. You know, a small one at that where he's a minority owner. Like but I don't think they let them own in the whole cake. Yeah, that's it's similar to what Jay Z did with Brooklyn. I mean, they gave him a small percentage of ownership, 
But was it, was it, was it, was it even a full percentage or was it like a, a point, <laughs> a half a point? <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer that question. All I know is that he wasn't calling shots. That's for sure. I mean, Jay-Z was like, you know, treating it as a business, but he wasn't mm-hmm. like taking, he wasn't running it. He, he wasn't like, you can't say he was like the owner. The Russian billionaire was the owner. He was the one calling the shots. And right. I think but, was, did, but, but, but Jay-Z was almost considered like the face. Like he was put out there to kind of drum up other, to be the, um, the magnet to get other athletes you know, and, you know, to Brooklyn and get other people to show up in Brooklyn instead of going to the the New York Knicks. And like I said, I guess it's the perception, like you said, Al, it only takes one. They're worried about one owner bringing in a particular element that they don't think aligns with the rest of the other 30, 31 owners. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see it. I'll, I, I would love it, but that's ownership is the only way we're going to get any real change or and the players don't got the don't don't make enough money for it. The owners got to sit there and just sit out a whole season. Yeah, you know they don't know how to do well with their money, so they, they ain't happening. <laughs> hey, that's the only way the um the the um the NBA players got as much control in the NBA as they did right now. They had to cancel a whole season. I mean, a half a season in playoffs just to get to get their point across. Yeah, and that's what the MLB is going through right now. I'm about to say that too. It'll be there. At the end of the day, they're all going to make nice, man. They they don't need to go through this kind of BS again. I agree, but it, don't, it ain't looking too good right now. <laughs> Bad enough that they, you know, they're one of the least most popular sports in, in America right now. They don't need to be going through this type of crap, though they make money hand over fist. They don't need to be going through this. Wake me up when it gets to opening day and, and they're still on strike. Then I'll then I'll be much more of a believer. But until that, <laughs> fact, this um, pitchers and catchers was supposed to report to training camps um, this day or like this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. they always report around Valentine's Day. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I ain't worried about that. You're you're they'll they'll get it straight now. <laughs> they all they always do. Smooth with the confidence. See, <laughs> you know, but wait, it's funny because you have that confidence in the world. Ace is sitting there like, yeah, not looking good. <laughs> because honestly, I don't know who makes out better in these situations. I mean, you have you have the owners obviously in baseball, but then you have the halves, which is like less than half a percent of Major League Baseball to make all the money. And then you just have all the other jokers that just make money. And then you got the minor league that don't make shit. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it's that and I think it's really the minor league aspect of stuff that's probably holding up everything because last year and the year before, they were talking about the conditions of minor league players, like they were sleeping in their cars because they weren't making enough money to even have somewhere to live and play games and stuff like that. Yo, it's bad in the minor league system. So bad that some minor league teams have to like shut down completely because they just didn't have any money to pay these players. And I'm like, yo, invest in the minor leagues. I mean, granted, does Shohei Otani need $600 million over 13 years? I mean, granted, yes, he's probably worth it. But you could take $50 million of that from the Angels and, and put that into your farm system to make sure that your other players are good. I don't think Otani would be so so pissed off about losing fifty million dollars. 
What's the difference between 50, 550 and 600 million in the long run, other than a couple million dollars every year? That's taxes. <laughs> Though there is no taxes in California. But, I, you know, I. <laughs> no taxes in California. No, it's true. Yeah, there is taxes. There is no taxes in California. Yes, there is. No state taxes? No state taxes. No state taxes. Nope. California. Yes. It's California, Florida, Texas, and like. I know Texas Texas. And Florida, yeah. It's just like that. California is one of them. So if you ever want to get, if you ever play the sport and you want to get broke off, you want to be in, you want to be in Florida, Texas, Cali, and one of two other states. That's interesting. I was not aware of that. I, nor was I. I thought they were already expensive as hell to live there. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's so damn expensive. There ain't nobody paying no state taxes. That's why going to um, getting your undergrad degree is free in uh, in California. Hmm. The, wow. If you if you graduate from high school, you can go to any damn state school for free. Well, well uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I diverted way off of the sports stuff. Ah, you know, learn something new every day, man. Exactly. I was not. <laughs> I was unaware of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, fellas, uh, before we segue off, we know the Winter Olympics is going on. I'm not sure how many people are watching it. I watched a little in the beginning in certain sports, but not totally because I'm not a winter sports person. But, um, you know, we do want to highlight uh, Miss Erin Jackson, um, woman of color for winning the 500 meter speed skating and all the other and all the other athletes out there who has won gold. Um, but obviously it comes with some controversy um, in figure skating, women's figure skating, you know, obviously with, oh, um, yeah. with the lady Camilla. I'm probably going to mess up her name. Valavia was um, had a sample. Um, she wasn't taking performance enhancing more so than it was something that was supposed to stimulate the heart and give you better endurance. However, at the age of 15, she took this stuff and it's a no, no. It was on one of the IOC's list of, you know, ingredients or things you shouldn't take. And if you take you, you know, that's considered doping. However, they decided to let her compete, even though she had already competed in this test. Now, instead of before she came, competed, came out and said she tested positive. Um, but there has been some backup of controversy. She didn't win um, the all-around for the women's figure skating. Um, she came in fourth. However, it's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of controversy about whether she should even been allowed to even perform being how she tested positive for an illegal substance. So I'm not sure if you guys have been following this, but before we go, what are your quick thoughts on on that? She shouldn't have been able to, uh, to compete. There was an old girl that ran track. All she did was smoke weed. And they gave her the complete get the hell up out of here, you can't do nothing to, sort of thing versus this chick actually was considered doing something that's on the doping list was like, oh, you're 15. Uh, we understand. You can go to compete, but you know, you just can't meddle. Yeah, that just it's some bullshit. Excuse me, like I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, IOC has a lot of explaining to do. I'll just leave it at that. You, if you're going to be, you can't contradict yourself. Bottom line, um, the rules are in place for a reason. And if everybody's not following the rules, what's the sense of putting the rules in to begin with? Um, I agree. She shouldn't have competed. Um, 
I'm just more curious to see the difference between what Russia has and the U.S. Um, in that in that terms. But IOC definitely has a lot of explaining to do. Um, just because it's from different countries doesn't mean anything. Um, she shouldn't have competed. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Um, she shouldn't be able to compete to begin with. I mean, it's already you know suspect that the the results of this came out midway into the Olympics after they had did their she performed in the figure skating team competition. But yeah, I mean, you know, rules are the rules. You know, whether she you know 15 is irrelevant. You know, whether she was knowingly or knowing unknowingly took it. You know almost irrelevant as well, but you took something, wasn't supposed to take, no matter what they're going to try to walk around it and try to explain about it. Um, sure. You took it, you broke the rules. The rules are you shouldn't be able to compete. Hands down. Bottom line. Come I don't want to hear anything about she was 15 or this, this and that. The rules are the rules. If you don't have any rules, then what? And so the ILC looks ridiculous by making a statement saying that, well, We'll let her compete, but then she can if she medals. There won't be no ceremony. Yeah, to put an asterisk on her name. Yeah. Now she fell a couple of times in the last performance, so you know her performance let everybody off the hook from a very uncomfortable <laughs> moment because if she did get gold and other people who competed cleanly competed, they don't get their moment to stand on the podium and everyone gets to see them. But mm-hmm. the ILC has been has had issues over the last 10 to 15 years. Russia had issues over the last two Olympics, which is why they're competing as the Russian Olympic Committee, not Russia. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it just marred the entire Olympics. And but if you don't put any specific penalties against Russia, they're just going to just do it again next next um, next go round. Yeah. And that's what's crazy about this, because Trupe Joe, I mean, it's amazing that we are still in a world where so many people get let off because of certain situations, and it's unfortunate. Um, but if everybody, if one person has, to, if everybody has to follow the rules, there should be no exceptions, no exemptions for anybody. Bottom line. Agreed. And I kind of had a feeling it was going to go that way because you know when it first came out, you know it was an immediate. It was an immediate um, sentence. It was, you know, three or four days radio silence. And I was like, they're just figuring a way of trying to find a good out ramp to let her keep going. Mm-hmm. And they, they found a bad one, <laughs> a very bad one that just made the situation far more worse than what it was. But the thing about it is the question is really, would they even care at this stage? Because IOC has a, their explanation, to be honest, was not warranted at all. But I don't think that they really care at this moment, which would be even more of a problem going, going down the road. So, man, look, I don't give a damn. I can't give a shout out to the Jamaican uh, Bob Sub team. You know what I'm saying? The men and the women, because they out there showing their ass right now. I caught the. Women, the two, the, 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 the two men were on boss club, but didn't see the, the um, the rest. So I doubt their place, or I doubt their men, whatever. But still got giving props. You know, I remember watching Cool Runnings when I was in college. 
I mean, everybody everybody relates Jamaican bobsled team to cool runners. I don't give a damn who you are. Black, white, yellow, red, green, whatever. That's what you know. But I was in the gym yesterday and they had like a little uh a little piece dedicated to the whole Jamaican bobsled team, men's and women's, and how they go about their training. And it's just incredible considering they don't have no snow, no nothing, and what they do to train. To get themselves ready for these opportunities and to qualify, mm-hmm. that's just amazing in its own stuff. So you you got to give props to props to do. Always, always, and when you like I said, it's when you almost when you think of bobsled, you think of the Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, fellas, we are definitely up on our time. So um, before we before we go, we want to always as. As always, thank everybody for signing up. You know, I know we've been away for a while, but thank you for coming back. Hopefully, more will come back and listen to us and subscribe. So, um, before we depart, fellas, let me know where they can find you at. You can find me at any second. Uh, Peddling my nonsense. Uh, but I'm up here. I'm, I'm here chilling, just doing what I do. And that, that's on Twitter. But, uh, Cat Daddy one nine six three. That's Cat Daddy one nine six three on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. I am out calls. Twitter, Instagram. I am out calls. Special shout out to everybody out there on Twitch TV, um, Twitter Live, and on YouTube Live as well. You can find me at Twitter, Snapchat, and the Gram. J E Ross, the number seven. And as always, everybody, be safe out there. Mask up. And uh, as always, love, peace, and soul. Until next time. God bless everyone. I mean, I wear my mask, but I know my mother ain't wearing that. Mask up if you want, but I know you ain't wearing it. So, sorry.